This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Reds roll on, coming from a goal behind to beat Spurs 2-1 at Anfield and move six points clear at the top of the Premier League. To join me to talk about it are three fine gentlemen. I'm Joe Rimmer, by the way. Our three fine gentlemen on my right is our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, Paul Ghost. Afternoon, Joe. How are you? Very well, yeah, good. Yeah. Um, two wins in a week, can't complain. Very Happy good. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happy as you can be on a Monday. On my left is Theo Squires. How are you, Theo? Very fresh, thanks, Joe. I feel like I haven't podded you for, with you for ages. Well, we did with the Genk one, didn't we? You tried to stitch me up. Did I? Yeah. Don't remember. <laughs> that was last week. Yeah. Don't even Lots remember. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been a while. And on the end, very happy man after winning the Ian Doyle derby. Is Ian Doyle? Hi. How are you? Busy. Let's crack on. Busy. No, we'll, we'll start with you, Doyle, because this game has a special place in your heart. <laughs> And um, I think midway through that second half, you'd almost started to sort of throw your toys out the pram a little no, bit. I don't you started, think so. I, don't I think, think so. so. You, you, I think I was I was unsettling Tottenham. You, you were yeah, unsettling I Tottenham. Was unsettling them. Yeah. So you were like key to victory. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. I just uh, kind of helped Liverpool on their way. Yeah. Okay. By saying that they were going to about to win the wrong game, which was very well, Tottenham. You 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 said that on our live blog, and for anyone listening, we we. we when we do our live blog, we the lads enter into a doc, a, a Google doc, doc, you, yeah, um, doc, which I which we will then copy and paste <clears> into the live centre to, to build our live blog. And Doily had, had entered in. Tottenham are about to win the wrong game, and um, as he said that, as he finished his sentence, and I started to copy his um, his, his his writing down into the the blog. Liverpool went and scored, didn't they? They did. Jordan Henderson perfect deserved to. Yeah, Liverpool completely deserved the victory. Yeah. I think nobody could complain with it. Okay, they had to needed a penalty, which was a penalty. Pochettino said afterwards it was a penalty. Uh, Jordan Henderson got slaughtered before the game. Uh, got slaughtered one minute in because he lost the ball in the build-up to the first goal. Yeah. Was slaughtered for part of the first half, but by the end he was. Uh, I wouldn't say he was running the show down the right flank, but he was certainly making a big impression. And of course, popped up with the all-important equaliser. I mean, he wasn't the only player to play well for Liverpool. I'm sure we'll yeah. get on to one or two individuals in particular, but. Overall, that's probably the best Liverpool have played all season. I'd, I'd go as far as saying, certainly against the Tottenham team, who, surprise, surprise, were a lot better than they have been for nearly all of the season. I think it was interesting that he started with Ericsson, <laughs> Ali, Son and Kane for only the fourth time, fourth time sorry, this calendar year, certainly in the Premier League. And, um, OK, it was really three of them because Ericsson may as well have not been there. I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, not that Liverpool complained too much, but you saw Son played well. Ali did his bit. Kane scored his goal. It was a bit of a nuisance. So Liverpool had to be on the game. But overall, you can see why the top of the table with 28 points from 30. I think that's matched the record for the most amount of, most amount of points a team's got after 10 games in the Premier League. I think it was Chelsea in 2004-05, I think I'm right in saying. They did that and they went on and won the league. So Liverpool are in a very good position to uh, you know just continue building on this, this very good start because they keep winning and they keep finding different ways to win. But I think if the game had finished... 4-1 to Liverpool yesterday, or 4-2. You know, nobody would have complained because, you know, Liverpool, uh, Tottenham, sorry, had Paolo Gazaniga. I think that's how you pronounce it, isn't yep, it? Yeah. 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 He, he had a very good game. And I know that a lot of Liverpool fans were saying, oh, this is just typical, a standing goalkeeper having a great game. It's like, well, hang on. Adrian's just played 11 of them. So I don't think Liverpool complain too much about that. But they found a way to win. Well done. All right, Dolly, before we move on, the big question. Mm. What is it about Tottenham that you despise? So no, actually, I think, it's, well, I, think, I think it's to do with... I find them... I've got to be careful what I say here because 
basically, I'll say it anyway. Liverpool are playing Aston Villa next. And I regard Aston Villa as a little bit of a nothing club, certainly from the time that I've been watching football. The kind who, who, of, so who else do you file under nothing club? Tottenham. Tottenham, 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 Tottenham and Aston Villa. They're the only two. And I don't mean nothing clubs. I don't mean nothing. Obviously, they've got they've had very good teams at the time that I've been watching the pair of them. Um, they've got, to be fair, they've got good teams now and they've got good players. They've both got good managers. They've got an awful lot of fans and they're you know, very loyal fans because they can still get very good crowds. But just whenever you expect them to do something, they just don't. And I know Pochettino's changed that a bit for for Tottenham over the last couple of years. But, you know, you, basically it's whenever you wanted Man United to lose the game against either of those two, they never would. That's basically what, it's, what it comes it's down to. Point. What it yeah. comes down to in the 90s. And uh, they'd always cause Liverpool a little bit of a problem. Any other one before we move on? Has, has any you're irrational... only saying this because I know you've yeah, set yourself I, up to, I, I to come out with something. Any, yeah. Anyone else have any irrational dislike of any, any team? <clears throat> I, I, I used to hate Wimbledon in the 90s. I was made up when they got they got relegated. Was that because of this style, though? Yeah, it's not just, irrational. It was just a load of yard dogs, weren't they? I never liked yeah. that. I would like to point out I don't hate Aston Villa, by the way. No, I don't, hate, like I, I don't hate Aston Villa at all. I really like Villa Park as well. It's one of my favourite oh, away yeah. grounds to go to, and I'm looking forward to going there next week. Yeah. There's so, no, no one particularly um, who jumps out, no? Man, you? I don't like Villa, but no? similar reasons. They're Bolton? Just a- Bolton? Oh, yeah. Don't like Bolton. No, Bolton are fine. Uh, with Villa, it's just another entitled club. It's like, oh, entitled? They did win the European Cup, to be fair to them. Many, many years ago. They still, still won it. I don't like the fact as well, the fans still call it the Villa. That's well, I know, they you call like it the, the Arsenal. Arsenal. With the Arsenal, like which, the which, Arsenal, which, which sets us up nicely with what you're about to say. <laughs> I yeah. can't, can't stand Arsenal, can't bear them. Why? Just think they've got a big plastic rubbish ground. They've stuck You've been to it? 78, yeah. Okay. Stuck 78 statues around the outside. <laughs> and and I don't know, they just, they've got Gunnosaurus. And, Gunnosaurus is brilliant. And a, and a, Gunnosaurus a, is brilliant. Crappy little Gunnosaurus. Is, I will not have a bad word said against Gunnosaurus. Well, Whenever you've seen him right, in the mix zone, okay, well, mix zone, giving high five to the players going through, it's it's one of the best sights you can get behind the okay, scenes. Okay, well, right, well, you He's, like Gunnosaurus, but they've got yeah, a rubbish. Know, mighty, mighty Red scares me. They've got a rubbish badge. The badge is rubbish. It's just, it's just a, these Modern aren't very good reasons, are they, Joe? Let's be honest. They're badge. And, and I don't, well, that's the whole point that irrational Chelsea, dislikes. Chelsea. Chelsea. That's not an irrational it's dislike. It's not irrational, but it's, yeah, it's, uh, no, I don't like them. This, no, you're missing the point, Ghost. You yeah. can't just start saying Man United. I know. And I, I get your point, but. Anyway, let's just talk about the football. We <laughs> get nowhere with you, Paul Ghost. Right. Really do. Liverpool coming from behind again to win under Jurgen Klopp. Yes. Um, Andrew Beasley. Um, Thank you, Andrew Beasley. His column has armed me with some stats here. Um, the last ten times they've conceded the first goal, and uh, sorry, the last ten times they've conceded the first goal in the game, they've come back to win seven of them. Uh, the last nine times they've conceded the first goal at Anfield, they haven't lost, winning six of them. And um, to, to sort of underline how good they've been under Jurgen Klopp, um, coming from behind in, between the years of 2009 and 2014, they went behind 63 times and won only eight of those games. Really? So. Wow. Mentality monsters, aren't they, Paul? Yeah, 100%. I, I wrote in the verdict, didn't I? One of the most resilient teams in, in world football at the moment. And those those stats just, just back up that, that, yeah. that shout, I suppose. Um, Liverpool now are just so so used to winning and so used to getting the result that they want that it doesn't really phase them when little things go against them. So throughout the season, you look at pretty much every game and there's been a, a, a big question thrown at them different types of questions like Sheffield United digging in and Liverpool can't find their way through they eventually do Chelsea had a good spell didn't they where they come back into it and Liverpool clung on and, and got the three points there yesterday they had to come back, come back from basically starting the game 1-0 down mm. um, still managed to win um, 
and they, at Old Trafford, you know, they were one nil down for, for large portions of that and still managed to dig deep and, and come away without a result when they didn't particularly play well. And there was a couple of refereeing decisions that went against them. So um, whatever you're throwing at this Liverpool team at the moment, they're coming up with an answer and it's the reason that they're six points clear uh, with nine wins from ten. And it's, um, yeah, it, I mean... That is the 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 comments, isn't it? The mentality monsters that Klopp said after Barcelona, and it's it's true. I mean, they're just so mentally strong, and that that goes beyond pure football and ability. That's something that probably reflective of the personality personalities that are in the team and, and the types of people that they are. And it's uh, it's so hard now to to find a way to beat Liverpool. Theo, I said to uh, Lemsip addict uh, Sean Bradbury midway through that second half. This just feels like one of those days and um, the goalkeeper was saving everything. But Liverpool don't seem to be having those days anymore, do they? They just seem to find ways to win. Well, Guy Clark, um, one of the video guys behind the pod, he said to me before the game, how are you feeling? Are you worried about this? I'm just like, no, I don't really go into any games worrying anymore. Like Even when Liverpool aren't at the best, you still expect them to get the job done. And that shows like there's a change in the mentality there. Maybe it's from winning the Champions League. They've got that belief in them. Like even when they're like one 0 down at Old Trafford, you think oh, I'm going to score here. Yeah. Uh, Leicester City struggling against them going into the last minute. You still believe that they're going to get a goal there. And I can't remember really. I suppose there was a stage under Rafa Benitez in 2009 where that was that belief in games. Like it was the first half of that season. You know, when they had like the Wigan game. They won three yeah. two. They went to yeah. the Etihad won three two. And they've been losing until like the last five minutes. But but the point I was trying to make, but under Benitez, there was still more of those still nil nils at home, yeah. weren't there? Which mm. you'd think, oh, just nothing's going to go in today. Whereas this Klopp team, they just always they always done. seem to find some sort of way, don't they? And there's always a different match winner as well. Yeah. Like when you've got a front three like that Liverpool do, I think the stats now was it 15 games in a row where at least one of the front three scored at Anfield. They all always find a way. And even then, you've got the criticisms of the team saying they don't spread the goals around. Well, Jordan Henderson scored yesterday. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain scored in midweek. They are finding more and more ways, and that's why they're looking stronger than they've ever done under Klopp. Mm. Ian Doyle, you mm. once gave Fabinho a five. I did. You were close to giving him a ten yesterday. I was, yes. Yeah. How was good was score? How good was he? He was very good, very very good. And I mean, you, you got to see exercise to his game. I mean, obviously, we know that he's very good at the old defending, uh, which was interesting, really, because Jurgen Klopp. I wrote something last week after the Gank game where I kind of said this midfield might not see it again for a while simply because, you know, with Cater and Oxlade-Chamberlain, because it left so much on the shoulders of Fabinho, so much defending to do. He was never going to do that against Tottenham. Obviously, putting one Alderman Henderson, and some people obviously thought that was far too conservative. But what it did then allow was Fabinho didn't have to do all the defending all of the time. In the second half, he was one of Liverpool's most creative players, certainly from the position where he was playing. It was his pass, of course, that went, you know, Danny Rose couldn't really deal with it, went to Henderson to score. And there was he had a couple more, didn't he? Salary he mm. played through, and I think there was one for Mane as well, which they couldn't quite get on the end of. And he's done that before. We saw him do it against uh, United yeah. last year when he's, he set up money for the goal. So, but he's just he's just everywhere, isn't he? I mean, I don't think. I mean, I, I wrote in, in my stuff this morning. I had to ask the question. You know, is there a better defensive midfielder in England at the moment? I mean, the obvious one is Kante, but he's not really playing defensive midfield anymore, and he doesn't play almost most games. He only seems to be fit for when he, they play Liverpool. To be honest, um, other than him, it's hard to think of anybody else. And. It's also the fact that he's not just a defensive midfielder. You know, he can play, you know, we, we know we've written all about his struggles. We know all about that. But that seems like a very long time ago now. And it was interesting that it was something he got onto this morning, to be honest, was yesterday was exactly a year since his first Premier League start for Liverpool, which was at home to Cardiff, was it? I think it was. <coughs> and, it was yeah. and you look at the player then compared to the player now. We've known for some time he's among the first names 
on the team sheet alongside Van Dijk, alongside Allison, alongside the front three. They're all world class players. You could even count the fullbacks into that. And Fabinho's another he's now got to be considered as world class in his position. And you know, this is a Tottenham midfield that no mugs. You know, Harry Winks is going to be a very good player for, for England and Tottenham and probably Man United when he joins them, because he will do. Um and then you've got Sissoko who's very strong. You know, they brought on and Dombele. Who's the other who's the other sentiment? It's nice the only good thing you could say about Sissoko is they've got Sissoko who's very strong. He had a good game, yeah. I thought. Like, I thought he had a good he's game. Like he's very he's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's been just... very much hit and miss for Tottenham, certainly at the start of his career there. But lately, you know, he's been the one player who's been all right this season. To be fair, it was a magnificent run for their goal. I think they yeah, kind of exactly, got overlooked, yeah. but he went past about three yeah. players. Yeah, exactly. He? So it's not easy. They, they are good players. And to go in there and absolutely dominate them by the end of the game, mm. which just shows you how good he was. And yeah, I nearly give him a 10. But I think he would have had to have probably, I don't know, scored. Scored. Just, just or, you know, it's, it's hard for a centre mid to get a 10, isn't it, really, if we're being honest. For him to get nine and probably, if we were working for the Daily Mail, I'd probably given him 9.5. They do things by arbs. So, so yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was very impressed. And, yeah, I did give him five once because he wasn't very good when he first started. Wasn't that in the friendly, though, in fairness? It was in a, it was in a friendly. Yeah, he, missed yeah. a, he was in a friendly yeah. when he missed a penalty. And yeah. then I wrote something like, oh, he's nowhere near ready. Got absolutely slaughtered. Sorry if I'm boring thing. people with this because, as we've have done this quite <laughs> a few times. And then he didn't play for months. So yeah. I was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically what I just wanted to build up to there. Vindicated. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Of course, everybody loves Fabinho. Um, yes. it, it wasn't always the case, I suppose, in terms of Klopp getting him in the team, but it's been, um, he, he's just become, is he arguably Liverpool's most important player? Is that going too far? Possibly. I, I wouldn't say he's that, but certainly growing in stature and influence by the week, isn't he? And Klopp said in his pre-match press conference on Friday, he had a little bit of, he needed a little bit of time to develop because he was used to playing with two defensive midfielders at, at Monaco. And I was only playing as the one, so he has to do a lot more work. And slowly but surely, he's, he's got to grips with it, hasn't he? And, and Klopp even said he, he gets called up for Brazil but doesn't play. Don't want to create any headlines around that. But the inference was, how is he not playing in Brazil's midfield? And I, I suppose um, that's an interesting point, but it's one that Liverpool certainly benefit from because now we've got an international break on the horizon. I mean, what, two or, th- two or three weeks? And he might not play... Both games, whereas Jordan Henderson's likely to play both games for England and Gene Wijnaldum will play for Holland. So he gets a little bit of a rest there and I'd be mindful to rest him against Aston Villa actually because he's one booking away from a suspension and Liverpool cannot have yeah. afford to have him not playing against Manchester City. I think they'd be able to get through against Villa without him because they're going to need him, uh, yeah. definitely. I mean, last season, I suppose, Fernandinho was the, the best defensive mid in the Premier League, but I think Fabinho now is... Um, I don't think there's anyone else who, who's close to him, to be honest, in that particular position. But can he, if he gets booked in the Carabao Cup, will he? Will that mean he misses Villa? Does that does that count? Uh, it's, I'm not sure because I've always just assumed he's not going to be playing. Because if because if he could could do that, then you just set him loose against Arsenal and say go and chop Arsenal down in the first <laughs> five minutes. In the first five minutes, get yourself booked, and we'll all move on. Um, Moving on, uh, Jordan Henderson um, was absolutely slaughtered after about two minutes for um, giving the ball away in the pretty much in the final third, and, and obviously it was his fault that that, that Tottenham then scored, um, and then came back in the second half, scored the equaliser, played very well. Why is it that people just seem to turn Theo like that on Jordan Henderson the moment he does something that perhaps isn't great? People, it's almost like everything else he's ever done is forgotten, isn't it? 
I wonder if part of that's because it comes with the armband. Like he's the one he's leading by example, so you expect that bit more from him. Like there's no issues, say, when Virgil van Dijk, even when he's not wearing the armband, if he creates a mistake. Like, yeah. I think against Salzburg, no one really battered an eyelid too much at him getting turned so easily. But with Henderson, it probably comes down to as well, he's not Steven Gerrard. So it's that man he's replacing there. Do you think that's still still yeah. going on? I reckon it still is, because you look at it, the goal he scored yesterday, that's what you expect from like Steven Gerrard back in the day, wasn't it? Liverpool, they're not winning here. They're not even on level terms. They need the captain to rise and get them back into the game. And he's gone and done that with a very good finish that we've seen Gerrard oh, do time and time again. And then how many times do you see Gerrard give the ball away on the end of his own box? There's always that pressure there. And he probably puts it on himself as well because you see how passionate he is, how emotional he can be in games. Like we saw how much the goal meant to him. The celebrates a goal properly, doesn't he? That he does. Is how, uh, I tweeted that because that is how everyone should be made to celebrate goals. Not don't fold your arms and sit on the floor. Well, points up to the main stand and yeah, shouting you know, just, just, yeah. yeah, just run around like a lunatic. That's what it means to score a goal. Can yeah, <laughs> just seeing how he's done there. Um, yeah, exactly. And then you think, um, like you remember last season when Carragher came out and said, "No one grows up wanting to be Gary Neville." And how yeah, that yeah. belief about fullbacks is probably changing. So now, no one really grows up wanting to be Jordan Henderson because he was just that number six, wasn't he? And it was a, the boring sideways passes. It's just not nope. very exciting. Just get, get your shovel and bury. <laughs> but no, he's shown he is so much more than that. And he yeah. has been time and time again for Liverpool. And the fact that he's got those moments and that potential, and then he doesn't quite deliver every single week. That's as well where the criticism comes from. And are you were yes. shaking your head, rolling your eyes when mm. Theo was talking then. The Gerard thing is just completely. But you don't. The you don't, Gerard <laughs> thing is just not. Uh, no, you, you don't no, agree I'm with, not with that. I'm not having that at all. So, so, so what, he hasn't played for four and a half years, has he? Yeah, Liverpool. People remember. Yeah, but I don't think it's got anything to do with it, if I'm being perfectly honest. Is it just that people are entrenched in, the, in oh, their yeah. view yeah. on a certain player and any are. any evidence that they can get mm. to back up their view? Well, he's big, go, the other thing is that he's, he's, so. like, he's the leftover from, never mind the Brendan Rodgers era, but the, the Kenny Dalglish mm. era. He's been there that long, so he's always been somebody that you know people you know, basically just criticise. He's the, he's the go-to person. I mean, let's face it, Dejan Lovren's the same. There are always yeah. going to be players in the team. It's like um, when Liverpool were winning stuff in the eighties. There was, you know, Ronnie Whelan was a player that that would get criticised by the crowd mm-hmm. a lot. But look back now. I mean, even at the time, you just knew he was a great player. You know, there's always one player or a couple of players in any great team that are the ones that the not the fans who go the game really, but you know, the 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 ones who are watching from afar and <coughs> take the interest of. Look, Jordan Henderson is not. Uh, He's never going to be the most exciting of players. He's never going to be the one making loads of flicks and tricks. He's not going to score a ton of goals. He's not going to go around making, you know, showboats and all that kind of stuff. But there's a reason why Brendan Rodgers made him captain. There's a reason why uh, England nearly made him captain. There's a reason why he played for England in the World Cup semi-final. There's a re- reason why Jurgen Klopp kept him as captain. There's a reason why Kenny Dalglish paid all that money to buy him as a youngster. There's a reason why Jurgen Klopp regards him as the What's he call him? I've forgotten. What's the word that he used when he signed the contract? Oh, uh, he was he was like the, the commander or something like that. It yeah. wasn't quite that, but it was something along those lines. And I think Henson's in a very it's difficult for him because he knows in his position he's not going to be playing every game. He's the captain of the club, so he's the ambassador off the field. He's he's very, very good. Anybody who's ever spoken to him or dealt with him knows this. And he's always gonna be the one that when there's always somebody else, isn't there? There's like, get Cater in, get Oxlade Chamberlain in, you know, get Shakiri in, in midfield, you know, Fabinho's in the, you know, get Wijnaldum in, like playing like he does for Holland. Yeah. No one ever says, get 
Jordan Henderson in there playing like he does for England or playing like he did a couple of years ago. Like when he was when uh, Liverpool were going for the title in 2014, it was his, you know, when he missed the last couple of games. That's what I still think cost them. That's why they didn't win it. So, yeah, I think Henderson, it, I think he's he's probably made peace with that, hasn't he? He knows that's always going to be the way. But, you know, Liverpool just offered him, or he signed, was it last year or this year? I can't even remember which year it was. But he signed a very long-term contract. There's a reason why that's been offered. He'll probably spend at least another four years at Liverpool and he'll be popping up with important moments, whether it's like against Barcelona where he's bursting through and doing that shot yeah. which forced the first goal or getting the equaliser like he did on a Sunday. It's very uh, FIFA football manager. You've got the fans' criticism from the sidelines because <coughs> they want that attack in midfield. But we all know they want Oxlade-Chamberlain and Cater. You're not going to get that with Henderson. So you think that if you're playing a video game, your fans can all be the manager now, have the voice. They <coughs> want those players that are going to get goals and think, oh, I can do this on a video game and score however many goals, winning games easily. And it's not that reality there from football that you do need players like Jordan Henderson. To be very honest, I, I think that sounds a little bit patronising, but I do do agree in the sense that, Dory, you, you wrote a piece after the Genk game saying that we wouldn't see that midfield make-up again. And didn't mention Henderson and, or Van Alden once, in it, And no, yet everybody jumped on it and said, you're but, referring to those players. But, but what, you, what you were getting at is that Oxlade-Chamberlain and Cater in the same midfield you're not going to see that against the Spurs because it would just leave far too much space. Mm. And there's a reason, as you were saying before, Henderson, the work, same for Wijnaldum, same for Milner when he comes on when they're, when they're, when they're a goal up. The work they get through, don't they? And the, and the tactical sort of discipline that they offer will mean that Tottenham don't get chances. Well, Henderson also went on to the right, didn't he, in the second yeah. half? He was playing yeah. for, I mean, mm. in a match that I picked up on yeah. that, didn't he? And that's where the goal came from. And he put in a couple of good crosses as well. So, and that one run where he, yeah. it was funny, wasn't it? Because you were just thinking, oh, he's never, oh, he's gone past one. Oh, he's, yeah, never, oh, he's gone, gone past, past another one. Yeah, yeah, you need to kept on going, didn't he? And in the end, that was a foul. Yeah, I thought that was a foul. foul. Yeah, that was a foul. Yeah, yeah. 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 was a foul. Him. But, you know, I think he's just, the problem is because he's a bit of a, not so much jack of all trades, but he's capable of doing everything quite well. There are always players who can do one specific thing yeah. very well. Yeah. And to a lesser degree, that's the same with Wijnaldum. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I saw people go midway through the first half say there are players in this team who aren't good enough to be in it. And I, I just find that bizarre considering that Liverpool are 10 games <clears> into the season and they've won nine of them and not been beaten. You know, how how are they still, how are we still seeing people questioning? Has they, have they not seen any of the games this season? Because it's, it's social media and people only remember the last five minutes of, of everything. Every game, every, you know, doesn't matter who it is who's playing, every fan base has got supporters on social media who will react to the last two minutes of games. And it's um, it's <clears throat> it's strange. I mean, Henderson, I, I, I thought, I, I actually didn't think he's been playing too well at the moment. Um, and I think I might have even left him out when we were talking about our teams on, on Friday's pod. But yesterday he was excellent. Um, I thought... Him, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Fabinho were Liverpool's best performers. Um, Fabinho was, was just head and shoulders above everyone in that midfield and, and Henderson um, was excellent in the, in the second half particularly. He took his goal really well and I, I prefer him in that position to mm. the to the number six role that he played for, for so long. He's allowed to get forward a little bit more, isn't he, when, when he's playing in that one and he scored against Southampton. He, he was crucial to setting up the first against Barcelona, and, and he's obviously got one yesterday. Didn't score too many, um, and uh, we've got a piece on our website today, haven't we? With him saying he, he doesn't really care who scores, but I think if, he, if he's given license a little bit more to get into that box, then he, he 
possibly could be targeting a few more goals this season because he's um he's capable of doing it if you know if he can get into the box a little bit more. Um but yeah, I mean I think we I think Jordan Henderson is just a player that we'll debate for the rest of his Liverpool career. Um people have just made their opinions on him for and against from day one and, and people would rather be vindicated than watching a Liverpool player do well, I think. I think the goal was very good, by the way. It was I think, a I think, great I think finish. We a can't. Great finish. We must the run as well. be, Yeah, the run and the way he took it first time, and it was with his wrong foot, and it was from a strange angle. I mean, I was speaking to somebody after the game, and they were like, "Oh, you know, the goal doesn't have to remind me of something." Then they sent me a message about quarter past seven this morning. Went Eric Cantona against Newcastle, which is the one where United won one nil, and, and then I went and had a look at it, and it was like kind of like it. Yeah. it wasn't exactly the same but it was the same position and the same kind of finish into the bottom corner which wasn't easy so it was different difficult height wasn't it because well, yeah, I think he it just hit sat it to the up. ground as well didn't yeah. he and so I think yeah that was for somebody who doesn't who's scored I think that's only seventh goal under Klopp or sixth goal under Klopp something like that which First isn't time many, goal which for like isn't four many. years yeah yeah against the West Brom game wasn't it <laughs> when they, mean, the, yeah, the, he, he should be doing that more I think certainly yeah. getting into the box well, give where, him, give, where you can get a chance given that he was asked to go further up and on the right he did exactly what the manager Asked him. Well, you, you mentioned the other one that was probably the other standout performer for <laughs> Liverpool, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, Gorsley, another trademark Andrew Beasley start here, but he, he created seven chances, which yeah. was only one fewer than Tottenham did as a whole. I mean, he's just growing and growing, isn't he? I know Carragher and was talking about him on Sky, and, and he's mentioned this a couple of times this season. He said he's like a Kevin De Bruyne from, from yeah. right back, yeah. which... It might sound like he's overdoing it, but it's not because he's creating more chances than anyone, isn't he? And he's, he's just a complete danger on that side. Yeah, what, what a what a player! I can't can't speak highly enough about him. To be honest, he's, he's only just turned twenty one. His next appearance is a hundredth Liverpool appearance, two Champions League finals, England international, most assists for the, for the defender in the Premier League history. Talk about him all day, and and that was a superb performance yesterday. He's so athletic and quick, and he's got energy levels. But on top of that, he's, he's got something that other fullbacks just don't have, and it's that innate ability to to pick a cross and, and a pass, which is just his technical attributes are just outstanding. And every time he gets it, he, he just puts it exactly where he wants. Yeah, he sets up Manny with a, a great ball, didn't he? And Manny should have done a lot better. Um, <clears throat> he was spraying passes to the other side to to Robertson all game, and just just an outstanding performance. Can't really speak highly enough of him. What what a what a player Liverpool have got in their hands. It makes Liverpool quite unorthodox, doesn't it, Theo, in the in the way that they attack? Because because a lot of City's play goes through midfield, but Liverpool seems to get out to those full-backs, and Trent in particular, and he just creates chaos, doesn't he? He's actually got like more chances, um, created more chances than De Bruyne this season. Yeah. So that you can say, oh, about playing in midfield, you might get a few more, but you don't need to. Yeah. Liverpool have got this style under Klopp that gets the best out of the fullbacks, and we've seen time and time again why. Because it's not just Robertson and Alexander Arnold, it's the whole way the team sets up to get the best out of them. And if he's doing this now at what, 20, 21, what's he going to be like when he hits his peak? Because if you're saying he's in defence for the rest of his career, that's going to be what, seven, eight years away? And if he's getting double figures on assists now, he's going to, he could break all the records of Liverpool, like appearances wise, um, and like assists like every season. I think we were talking about what. Thierry Henry or something has got like 20 in a season that might be the Premier League record or Fabregas mm-hmm. someone like that well if he's got what over half of that now what can he do when he's at his best yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's, I should have to think Doily uh, Carragher also mentioned I thought some really interesting stuff from him yesterday talking about the difference between Liverpool and City and um, he said yeah City look great when they win um, they're, they're a very pretty team to watch and they'll often hammer teams but Liverpool are just relentless and 
and that's what broke Tottenham down yesterday, wasn't it? It was just wave after wave of attack. And although I think there's also almost a misconception at times that Liverpool haven't played that well this season. I think, it's, to be it's, fair, I think City are quite relentless when they get going. No, they are, but he, he means in a different a different manner. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, Yes, I think no. I think Liverpool. Hang on, Liverpool won nine games out of ten. I think they're playing pretty well. No, you might, no, I didn't say. I, I said, I said there is that a I perception. Think there's, there's, a there's a perception. perception. Yeah. Look, I mean, Stuart Brennan over over at the MEN wrote a piece recently saying Liverpool have been lucky this season. But I think anyone who watches Liverpool week in week out will know it's not luck. It's just that Liverpool don't stop and they keep going. It's, they keep it's going. the old Man United thing in the nineties. We've said this time and time again on this podcast. The reason that and Liverpool in the eighties, the reason they got penalties and the reason that they got late goals is because they just didn't stop. And if you're always putting the ball in the area and you're always having shots, then there's a chance that you know look at the Tottenham game last year, it's last minute own goal. The reason that was that is because Liverpool were just pummeling them in, in the last, you know, injury time and they got the goal there. And it was a little bit like that. Again, on Sunday, where they just, you know, we saw the goalkeeper had a great game. Liverpool created chances and chances, we said before, if they had a 1-4-2, no one could have complained too much. And, you know, going back to what Gorsty said, they've got that belief that they can actually come out and do something. They know they can win these games because they've done it so many times, even when they go behind. It doesn't really make any difference. And I thought, as I said before, that was Liverpool's best performance because of the quality of the team they were playing. The... <coughs> Unique circumstance in the fact that Tottenham would have been absolutely desperate to do something after what happened in the Champions League final. And you could tell that from the way at the end of the game they their players, but like some of them were on the on the knees, on the you know, on the floor basically, because they were exhausted and they put everything into it. And Liverpool got the job done just like they did against Leicester. It doesn't really matter that it was a penalty or not. You know, it, it was a penalty, let's face it. Oh, yeah. It was definitely a penalty. Even Pochettino said it was a soft one, but it's a penalty. And you know, it's no coincidence that it was Mane who won the penalty against Leicester, Mane who won the penalty against Tottenham because he's that kind of player that he is relentless in the sense that he just won't stop pestering players. You're going to you credit know. your brother for this for this insight? Well, well, yes, my brother <laughs> did say like there's only Mane in the Premier League who would have won that penalty because of the way he plays. But also fits in with what Jurgen Klopp said in his quotes after the game where he said, he said the counter-press because he knew that Liverpool would have a lot of the ball because you don't keep the ball all the time yeah. when you have these efforts, you yeah. will lose at some point. Tottenham were very good at counter-attack, so the counter-press that Liverpool needed needed to be you know, spot on, which it more or less was. He said it was counter, it was back. And the goal came from that because Mane got in, Aurea got back, Mane got the ball back, and you know the Tottenham player just didn't seem to expect that he was going to be there. And while you know it, it's, it is one of those where it's, it's not like a massive, obvious <coughs> foul, it's a foul, and it's it's kind of one of those ones, isn't it, where the player doesn't goes, oh no, you know this is going to be, a, you know what I mean, yeah. this is going to be a penalty. It's like I might, I'm going to, oh, there's no point. It's going to be a penalty. They're not going to change this. So, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> I forgot. I even droning on that long. I fell asleep. Um, Again. Well, well, the the question was the difference between Liverpool and City. Different different styles of play. Yeah, and, there are different styles of play, but, but I think they're relentless in different ways. Liverpool, yeah. I think we've again we've mentioned this a number of times. They are battle hardened. That's why they come through these games, and it's not luck that they're actually winning these narrow games. And also, I would like to point out that Liverpool have now played Tottenham and Arsenal at home. They've played Chelsea, Man United away of the top six, and Man City have played Tottenham, and that's it. And they didn't win that game either. Clever little point for me and Doyle there. And he got beat by Wolves. And Norwich. Yes. Finished seventh, didn't he? Well, that's great. Um, <laughs> well, guys, the um, most prestigious and storied cup competition returns this week, the Carabao Cup. Everyone's favourite on yeah, domestic My favourite. My yeah, favourite. You just said storied yeah. again. I thought we'd say you weren't going to say that ever again. 
storied. Yeah. When, when was I told not to say that again? In the last podcast that we did together and you said it and I said, please don't say that anymore. I don't, I don't even remember that. <laughs> to, be, to be honest, I don't remember a lot of what you said. It's like, <laughs> like Gorsi was saying, I don't remember anything that happened more than five minutes ago. Um, so, the Carabao Cup is back. Gorsi, can Liverpool even afford to win this game? Can they, can you, sorry. Can they afford to win this game? <laughs> if they win this game, yeah. the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup take place on the 18th of December, which is when Liverpool goes to Qatar for the Club World Cup. <laughs> now, no, I, I, I'm making a genuine point here that yeah. Liverpool have that many games in December already. Uh, adding another one on top of that, I, I actually have no idea when they they play this Carabao Cup game. So if Liverpool win on Wednesday night, it's all well and good. And they'll continue in the most storied and prestigious cup competition of all time. Mm. But they'll have a hell of a lot of games in December and it could hurt them in other areas. So can they afford to win on Wednesday night? I think they can because of the team that he's going to play. I think it'll just be... I think Klopp's got a Carabao Cup team and he's going to stick by it. Maybe if he gets to the semi-finals, he might play his first choice. But I think for the large part, he's going to give... Going out to the likes of Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott. Uh, Adrian will play, won't he? You'd imagine Heather Queeve and Kelleher. Um, yeah, I mean, f- fixture, that, that December it is looking tough, isn't it? Uh, they're going to Austria and they're going to You're Qatar. not going home at any point in December? I know, I'm just going to... I don't even know what I'm going to do. Just, you can tell Tasha you're not yeah. going to see her at all because <laughs> you're, um, you're never going to be in the house. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know when, when it, it's... It, it would be played, but they'd, they'd fit it in somewhere, wouldn't they? And I think if Liverpool got through, if Liverpool beat Arsenal and then they're in the next round, I think Klopp's got enough of a squad to continue playing the team that he's got at the moment without having too much of an impact on his uh, on his Premier League squad. So I think to answer your question, you know, he's going to put the the team out, and I think if they lose, it's not going to be a huge, you know, disappointment. But I think. The players who were playing in the Carabao Cup are playing for more appearances in that competition, so I think it's, it'll be on them to, to basically get through. Who are you excited about seeing, Theo? What youngsters do you think that Klopp could include? Uh, it's the obvious ones, isn't it? Ray and Brewster, Harvey yeah. Elliott. would be a home debut for both players, won't it? And that's the one you want them to grab their opportunity. Um, the way Liverpool are approaching this League Cup game, the fact that both players sat out the 23s game yeah. of the weekend, they've got that extra preparation. He knows the team he's going to put out. And that, those are the players that the fans want to see because there's such excitement about them. With Brewster, he was first on the bench, what, the last time Liverpool lost at Anfield in the yeah. league. And you've just been waiting for him to have an opportunity, yeah. to grab that opportunity. Got a little glimpse in pre-season, scoring a few goals. And this could be his tournament. In the last few years, when you've wanted to see the youngsters in these cup competitions, Liverpool have been knocked out early. Like Even when, like first one that comes to mind now is Danny Ward, and that's a random one. You think, oh, you have an opportunity to try and stake your claim for a place in goal. And like Liverpool lost in the third round of the League Cup was it to Leicester yeah, and yeah. didn't play for a year. You think, well, if Brewster and Elliot have played well, they're going to have quarterfinals, semifinals. Otherwise, they've just got, what, the um, FA Cup third round. And then if you get knocked out of that, that could be them done for the season, yeah, depending yeah. on where Liverpool go in the Champions League and that. So it's so important for them to grab these opportunities. Because if you look back to, say, um, Trent Alexander breaking through, that's because of the League Cup. The last yeah. time Liverpool had a proper run in the competition. So you can play down these tournaments they do make a difference for these players is that platform to get to the next level. Yep. Dolly, you reckon Nico Williams could um, play a part on, on Wednesday night? Well, he wasn't playing for the under-23s and he was training with the first team and I know for a fact that Jurgen Klopp quite likes him 
anybody who hasn't seen him play, which I would imagine is most people, he's a, he's a right back and he's very much in the mould of Andy Robertson, likes to get up and down the wing, he's very attacking, can play wing back, scored a few goals already this season, he scored one in the Youth League, I think LaRucci crossed mm-hmm. it for him, which the Salzburg it was, it was that game. Uh, and he's also scored, I think, I'm thinking, did he score in Napoli, I think? No. No, he didn't, did he? nearly scored. That's right, he hit the bar, I think. Again, with he was Morley. one of the best players yeah, in Napoli, yeah. but he didn't score, yeah. Has he scored an absolute screamer as well from like one of the games? Yeah, 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 that's always oh, scored against Oldham as well in the yeah. uh, EFL yeah. trophy. So he's he's somebody that would have been on Klopp's radar for a while now. And I, th- I you know, so say, I know he likes him. I'd imagine he'll play. I'm not sure whether Harvey Elliott will play, you know, simply because of the yeah. players that are available. I mean, okay, I know he had a great game against MK Dons, but if you're choosing between Curtis Jones and... Uh, and Harvey Elliott to start the game because you've got to assume that Bruce is going to play and Divock Origi needs minutes as well so they're not all going to play and I know we'll go through the team in a minute and then you know there are certain gaps that need to be filled the reason Nico Williams is there is because uh, Kiana however as I call him yeah. uh, every time I write his name Hoover it's funny uh, he's, it's he's funny. with Holland in the, uh, the under-17s World Cup where has it been held is it Brazil? Yeah, uh, yeah, Brazil. They lost yeah. their first they lost game. Japan, they lost, yeah, they? so he, that's where he is at the moment. Otherwise, he'd be playing because he scored against MK Don. So, yeah. So by the way, the league. The, so basically, the the League Cup is not as good as the FA Cup, though. Everybody knows that. Well, me and Gorsi say it is. So there you go. That's all you need to know. Yeah. What would you rather win, the League Cup or the FA Cup? Club World Championships. That's not one of the answers, I'm afraid. <laughs> What would you rather win? Don't League Cup or FA Cup? Course, don't fall for it. I think, I think you don't should. Fall yeah, for so yeah, what would you rather win? But doesn't this League rub the cup? What would you rather win? What would you rather win? Look, I'd rather win them both. <laughs> no, yeah. what would you rather win? The FA Cup or the League Cup? Don't Look, let's pick our team. Let's pick our team. Let's win as medals. Adrian goal. I think we'll all agree on that. Adrian, yeah. Yo, Adrian, back in goal. Right back then, is it going to be Nico Williams? I think so, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I've had to give him a goal. The only way it's not is if you've got one of your centre-backs back and you don't really want to put Van Dijk there. You don't want to risk Matip. No. So, probably. So, Joe Gomez. Yep. Centre-half. Alongside whom? De Haan Lovren. Lovren staying in. Yeah. I was thinking Seth Vandenberg, but he only came on for like two minutes against yeah. MK Dons, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Lovren. 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 <laughs> Hell yeah, I agree. Uh, Left-back? Uh, James Milner. James yeah. Milner. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Captain. Yeah, captain, yeah. Okay, midfield. I'm going with the Old Trafford subs. The yeah, old traffic subs. So, yeah, so they they all started against MK Dons. The midfield we're not going to see, we're going to see. Well, two thirds of it. The two thirds we're not going to see, we're going to see. Yeah, but it's still not the midfield we're going to okay. see. So, so Lalana playing in the deeper role. Yeah, Lalana <laughs> playing the Fabinho That'll role. That'll be the first time he's actually played that since role. The, since the MK Dons game, yeah. Since, oh, yeah, yeah. Did he play in the MK yeah. Dons? Yeah. Okay, and, and the front three, so you're saying Origi will play. Um, Curtis Jones, do you think, will be left of the front three? I would definitely play Curtis Jones simply because I've seen a lot of the youth team, the youth league games along with Paul and I've seen quite a few under-23 games and he's always been, the, if not the best player, then one of the best players. And left, um, you know, the left side of that attack as a position that he's been pushed into over the past uh, eight or <coughs> nine months because, you know, I know he made his debut for Liverpool in the centre mid yeah. where he pl- spent a lot of his younger years, but you can never really work out where he wanted to play or needed to play. And the uh, the likes of you know, Neil Critchley, they've been quite insistent on him getting forward a bit more and showing a bit more of what he's about. And he seems to have found a position on that left flank. And he had a good game at MK Dons. I think I gave him man of the match. And he you know he definitely has to play for me. Yeah, you go I've along got with that? Jones on the left and Harvey Elliott on the right. I don't think no Bruce. Uh, no, I don't think shutting Bruce out to the right. Uh, I don't. I don't think he can quite play there. To be honest, he's still very much learning his main position as a striker. So I think. Putting him on the wide right might be 
might be a little bit harmful and I think Elliot showed enough against MK Dons to warrant a, a, a place against Arsenal. I'm looking forward to seeing the Arsenal team as well because I'd imagine the United Emery is going to do something similar to Klopp and the Europa League team, wouldn't it? Yeah. Play all of his, you know, all of his up and comers and they've normally got one or two, haven't they, who are quite decent. I'd play Rigi on the right and Brewster down the middle. I think Brewster has to play. Yeah. Simple as that. I'd have Rigi on the left, Elliot on the right. Just because Jones played in the 23s game, didn't he? He went off after an hour. Yeah, but he still played more than the others. Yeah, but he went off after an hour. But Elliot didn't play at all. <laughs> Brewster didn't play at all. All right, lads, take it outside. Steel's <laughs> <laughs> team. Yeah. 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 Or rather win the more. league for the FA Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer that, Theo. Don't answer that. Right, let's wrap this up with a prediction. Gorsi, you go first. It's hard one to predict this. It is. Because, oh, be I mean, I have no idea what Arsenal are planning for their team. So, I think it'll go to penalties. Tell is that a prediction? Yeah, it can be, yeah. Who's going to win it? After could go either way there. Go on, I'm going to say Liverpool on penalties. Liverpool on pens. Yeah. I'm going Liverpool on penalties. Liverpool on pens. Arsenal win 3-2. I'm in the office on Wednesday night, you know. No, it's <laughs> time. Yeah, it's 7.30 kick-off, so you've oh, got it's it's time. time. Yeah, Arsenal so. to win 3-2. Awesome. Unfortunately, I hate to do it, I kind of think I'm going to agree with Doyle because I think Arsenal will have a, They'll have a stronger slightly team. senior... They've played yeah. a bit more football. Well, having said that, means a bit ha- more to them, having maybe. said that, if, the, if you just look at the Liverpool team that we've just picked, Adrian has played yeah. most of the games this season. Lovren has played the last couple. Gomez, who you know, pl- came on in the Champions League final. In the midfield, you've got those three who, who were starring at Old Trafford and two of them who started and played well against Genk. And you've got Origi up, up top as well. He's got two against Barcelona. Suddenly it's like, well, hang on, this Liverpool team isn't that bad. It's just the right back. To be fair, we don't know what Arsenal's Carabao Cup team will be like. They might yeah. still have... Quincy Owusu away to or whatever. <laughs> he used to play every, the, he's um, the lad who keeps scoring kid. the goals. Martinelli, is that his name? Yeah, Martin, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 He's bounced yeah. place, isn't he? It's when you're like Carl Sveller scoring hat tricks every league cup. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, the, I mean, if, who, if, it, who's if, the, the one playing at the moment? He got, he got booked to Sheffield United for diving. Oh, uh, oh. yeah. Oh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ozil, will he play? He normally has a not very good game at Anfield, it has to be said. Jacker, do you reckon he'll play after his little I'm not sure. I want to see. The centre mid, Wendozi, is that his Wendozi, name? Yeah. I want to see him yeah. rugby Just tackle rugby. players, yeah. 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 <laughs> he seems all right, Wendozi. Like I said, anyway, we'll, we'll, we will leave it there. Um, what would you rather win, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, that's the end of the podcast. See you on Friday when we'll hopefully be talking about, well, I don't know, what will, will we hope to talk about, whether we want to win or... or the pull through on penalties? Yeah, we're playing this league quarter-final in January at some point. Hopefully we'll be talking about a very busy December. And until then, Tara. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.